0: Hello there and welcome to episode six of Nothing Else Matters, the music podcast that's setting out to establish what we think possibly be the greatest hundred albums ever made. Um, We've reviewed 25 so far, I think, and from the Rolling Stone list we've got 14 in and 11 out. So, you know, just over 50% at the moment, so we're we're doing okay with it. going to do another five tonight and uh, we've obviously got my friends on here to, to do them with us. So we have tonight George. How you doing
1: mate?
0: How about you? How you? Who loves compilations? Uh, we have um, Birdseye John. Hi John, how you doing mate?
2: Hi, <laughs> aye, aye captain.
0: <laughs> aye, I can't <laughs> with that though. No. And we have Stephen, how you doing sir? I'm um,
3: you mate, how you doing?
0: Yeah great, good to see you again. Good to be here. Good, good stuff. Okay, so uh, as I say we've got five on the list uh, to review tonight. which should all be good fun. So we will kick off number 75 with Aretha Franklin and Lady Soul. So just read out the summary from the Rolling Stone magazine, and then we can crack on. Aretha Franklin's third Atlantic album in less than two years is another classic, with You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, In The Way, and a slinky version of The Rascal's Grooving. It was a year of triumph and turbulence for Franklin. Although she made the cover of Time, the magazine reported details of her rocky marriage to Ted White, then her manager but Franklin channeled that frenzy into performances of funky pride and magisterial hurt. Among the best, the grand prayer treatment of Curtis Mayfield's People Got Ready and her explosive anguish on the hit Chain of Fools. So that's Rolling Stone summary. Uh, Aretha Franklin released January 68. So George, you want to lead us off, mate?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, This is, I'm a big soul fan. This is, in my opinion, Optimum Soul, you know, 1968, Aretha Franklin's, it's not her first album since uh, leaving Columbia and joining Atlantic, but it's uh, a massive, massive statement album. Uh, It's it's a woman at the peak of her powers. She's got her sister Carolyn, Irma's not on this, though, but Carolyn's on it along with Whitney Houston's mother, Sissy. The Sweet Inspirations who later teamed up with Elvis, they're all backing her as well get Bobby Womack on guitar, King Cutters on saxophone, Spooner Oldham uh, writing songs and playing the organ, it, it, it could not be a soul classic, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, she, there's something about her, you know, Aretha is one of my all-time touchstones when it comes to soul music. Uh, and it opens with a, a phenomenal chain of fools. It's just such a dirty groove. It's 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 so uh, contrary to the 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 stuff she was recording, the sort of standard she was recording for Columbia. So this is this is she's definitely, you know, found her gear uh, by the time Lady Soul comes out. Uh, it also it was so popular. It, it it reached the top three, in not only the soul charts, but in the pop, billboard charts, and the jazz charts. So, you know, it was, it was straying into, you know, other territories. Mm. Mm. Uh, but there's something like, about her when she, when she, there's not many artists I've found that can take a, a, you know, a really strong powerful song that's already been established and completely turn it on its head and own it. Like Aretha Franklin, there's no many people that can do it like her. She did it with Otis Redden's Respect. She turned that right around and basically claimed it for herself. She did it with Dionne Warwick's uh, Bacharach and David's I Say A Little Prayer, which is actually Aretha's version's my all time number one favorite recording has been since I've been 15, 16 years old. It still is 40-odd years later. Well, but so was I, mean, on,
0: I think I was on the album after this one, I think, because you say, George, she, she had all those that Columbia records.
1: One after this one, I, she, she was like, like battering at this point. I she think was. it was a Columbia yeah. uh, record that came after this before, you know, it was Aretha Now I think it was. That's right, yeah. Uh, but yeah. she was in such a groove at, the, at this point, but what she did to Carol King's You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman is just, oh, it's, it transcends uh, musical style genres. It's just a masterpiece, an absolute fucking masterpiece. Uh, and if you want to know what Carol King thought about it, all you have to do is go to the YouTube and look at the 2015 Kennedy Center Honours. And Aretha's final hurrah, probably our, our last great moment as an artist where she plays, you make me feel like a natural woman for Carol King, and it's, ah, uh, it moved heart to tears, it moved Carol King to tears, so if it can do that, then there's no fucking way on God's earth, this is not making it in the top 100.
0: <laughs> right. Well, let's move to the next album then. All right. <laughs> Same as the baller. <laughs> I, I think. Um, I mean, I think she was. She absolutely hit that run of form when she moved over to Atlantic and the whole Jerry Wexler story. And we did a bit. Of this was yeah. be dusty, didn't we? Yep. Um, and you know she. did a
3: different level though.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely George, I'm sure the the guys will have you on it, so she had had these three albums a year, Um, first one kind of made her, and then she had Mm a bit of a sort of, not a filler, but a sort of second album out pretty quietly, and then she brought out Lady Soul, and um, yeah, you're right, it just kind of seemed to just hit all the the right spots, so uh, anything, is there anything that, you know, that would put you off recommending it? I know it's a killer uh, record, but is there it? You know, is there any? I don't know any any padders out in there, or is there any?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not overly keen on the uh, "Nicky Hokey. It's it's um, uh, it's one of those songs that did the rounds. Uh, it was recorded by a couple of people. I think it was actually. Um, it was written by the guy from Redbone who did Witch Queen of New Orleans and mm-hmm. Come and Get Your Love. Mm. It, that's a bit of a. Well, just keep this in there just to fill it up. If you if you compiled the best of her recordings from 1968 on a compilation, you would have what <laughs> you'd have probably the greatest soul album of all time. But it's pretty good, you know. Groovin's all right. People get ready. She she does a really good job on it because. You know, it it dips into the gospel that she mm. loves so much, but mm. that the, there's so much good stuff on this that it, it massively outweighs the the sort of as you say padding stuff.
0: Yeah, and it was another huge seller. She had um, number one singles yeah. on it. She was, you see, she was two in the main billboard, but she was one, two, and three on three different genre billboards, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, um, yeah. you know almost unheard of. Um yeah. So not only was it, you know. Critically received, but it. it was absolutely smashing it as well. So, yeah, and fantastic album. Um, Stephen, what's your take, mate? I love it,
3: it's a 100% in, in my opinion. Um, the woman was playing a different league to the rest of them, but you can you consider who's I mean, I mean, Beyonce, come on, please, enough. Um, Rihanna, this sort of nonsense. Don't bow down, please. <laughs> You're right. Well, yeah. this is this is the this is the Queen. Queen of Soul, right? And I'll I'll keep this short and sharp. Uh, i, I percent in in my opinion. I, I agree with George. She's wonderful. He's more eloquent than me. But
0: wow. Just yeah.
3: get that one
2: in there.
0: Get it in 100%. Okay. Doing so well. John.
2: Yeah, I well. For a start, soul's not my genre in general, but I can appreciate good and great music when I hear it. And this is just absolutely sensational. I mean, her voice on this album was just incredible. Loved it. Um, first track, Fool, was just obviously very well-known song. What, what a, when I was reading up on this after I'd listened to it, She's only 26, and it was her 12th studio album, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, there's a number, I think as well, one of the things, there's a number of songs here that had been released before by other artists, James Brown, for example. That seemed to be quite a thing that was done in those days. You know, somebody would release a song in 67, somebody else is covering it a year later. You know, if that, sometimes Mm. the same year. so I think that's quite an interesting dynamic, particularly at that time. I don't think it really happens these days for whatever reason. Um, but you you look at some of the songs there that be you know written by the likes of you know Carole King, um, Wexler, Curtis Mayfield, James Brown, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know a voice is absolutely incredible. And one of the things as well, I think the musicianship on it is is good. Um, the song good to me as I am to you was listening to that and the one thing that struck me right away was the guitar work on it. So I had a look later and it's Clapton that's playing the guitar on it.
1: We'll not no. against her, No, yeah, we, is, we won't. Is that a good we won't. Thing? Yeah.
2: Exa- I, Well, his guitar playing, to be fair, on yeah. that is fantastic. you can knock a lick out, so, can't I? Exactly. I mean, there's yeah. so many good songs. You know, People Get Ready, um, Natural Woman, etc., etc. I think absolutely fantastic for me. It's in... Um, I think is it a question for me? Is it nearly as good as the commitments soundtrack album? I'm not sure, quite frankly. <laughs> that and that, that that statement may or may not be true. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm voting it in. Yeah, well, you're
0: such, such a fan yeah. of compilations, um, John. That's, uh, I,
2: that makes exactly, sense. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I, I kind of thought I had to get that point in. You know.
0: Thanks, times tonight you go to see the word compilations good book indeed, yeah, and it'll be interesting because I mean, I I I just concur with all of that. I think it's an amazing record. Um, I suppose no such thing as a perfect record, but this must be getting pretty close, uh, I guess. Plus, it's what twenty eight minutes long, the original record. So yeah, no no mess in, in and it. out, right? Yeah. In and out, all killer, no filler. it be interesting. She she's one of the artists that has another one on the list further up. Um, you you know, and if, if you haven't checked, you'd probably guess what it is, but It'd probably for you now,
1: wouldn't it? Yeah.
0: Hey, I never loved a man. I Never
1: loved a man, okay. Yeah,
0: so but I think primarily because of respect, George, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, But obviously we can, you know, we'll get to review that as and when it comes. But um, yeah, a, 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 bit, a hard push, I would say, to Better Lady Soul, based on, um, you know, sort of reappraising that. And the only other thing I picked up was well, two things I picked up. One was, um, y- you know, all the chat about what an amazing pianist she is. Which kind of gets you lose sight of there. that, but yeah, you lose sight a bit about that. But in in the world of you, you know piano players and stuff, like she's rated massively highly for that. And the other thing was, um, oh, Brian didn't know that. One hundred and twelve Billboard singles. One hundred and twelve. Wow. One hundred and twelve. That's two for every year I've been born. So, um, yeah. oh, 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 that's true. Um. Yeah. So I don't. There's a lot to add. Uh, Twitter. What eighty five percent? Yes. Absolute slam dunk. Um. Probably one of the easiest albums we'll we'll ever review. Yeah. I agree. The for four. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm good, I'm good. Brilliant. I was in. Brilliant. Good. Give us a bit of time and space to chat about some of the other ones. So Aretha's in. Um. Seventy four is Kanye West, the college dropout. So let oh, me just get the come. notes from Kanye. So, in 2003, Kanye West was a Chicago kid who produced some hot beats for Jay-Z, wore pastel polo shirts with the collars popped and wanted to be on the mic, not behind it. Record labels were sceptical, but West got over on wit and determination. He wrote and sang the hit Through the Wire while his job was wired shut after being in a car accident and followed it with the more dynamic tracks, including Slow Jams, About the This Is Luck to Power of Soul Music, and The Gospel Riot, Jesus Walks. West loved Jesus and strip clubs, made arrogant claims about his talent, and then professed his insecurity, which made his music all the richer. Kanye West, the college dropout. Released February 2004. Who's um, who's brave enough to jump on this one? <laughs> me, me, immediately. Go on, Steve. Total fool. Um,
3: uh, I, I, I don't have the words to describe how low I feel this guy. Um, is this, hold on, hold
0: on Is this his songs or the person? Both Talentless both. <laughs> uh I've
3: got zero time for the man um, I'm, I'm trying to be objective I'm trying to see the good in it <laughs> I can see that, <laughs> but, yeah But um, I'm sorry uh, This guy's just Even before we've started all this I put it down on the Excel sheet just yeah. that. I cannot
0: go this man One and listening to the yeah, record, it, you haven't taken any redeeming features out of the record then? Seven, 76 minutes worth of it. It makes a good bonfire. <laughs> a, good, a good bonnie. <laughs> no, you say, sorry. I'm sorry. Was say sorry. Well, worse than Drake, George? Was that your... Is, is it worse than Drake,
3: Stephen? Uh, uh, that, 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 oh, that's a full finish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: okay, listen,
2: so
3: listen, uh, listen, Brian gave me a row a couple of weeks ago, proving a negative, Nancy, right? <laughs> probably right or so, but uh, and, and I'm sorry, but I'm back in the room doing it again. No, I you're... simply cannot go this guy or his stuff. Uh, so... uh, there's no redeeming features whatsoever, in my humble opinion. So you, are you, a maybe. A maybe? Are you a maybe, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, well, George, that stands in Metallica. Yeah, I stand here. Oh,
1: oh. oh, I get, I get a, a bit of a hard time about that at the weekend. Well, well, Metallica? Yeah, after a couple of martial arts uh, fans. <laughs> uh, Watch yourself, <laughs> George. Not, honestly, I was, I was cornered uh, in in Edinburgh by two people. <laughs> Who are uh, both black belt and uh, martial arts and they weren't very you're happy. Dead, that, they were, they weren't very happy that uh, about my view on both Metallica and ACDC. I, <laughs> I hope you told them
2: there were a couple of scumbags.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think I think they could they could see from my 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 expression that I was deadly serious. I wasn't for backing down. So David and Alan, if you're watching this. Uh, I I stand totally by my decision to batter uh, Metallica and A C D C the way that you would probably batter me if you could catch me, but yeah. you can't. So Dave, anyway the...
0: David and Alan, if you if you're watching this, can you come on and tell us what George actually said when mm-hmm. when he met him? <laughs> But bought, bought the cappuccinos all around, right? Yeah. Uh, I
1: was I was I
0: had a table <laughs> between
1: us. So sorry, was...
0: yeah. So a wee bit of context here and we'll come on to George and, and John. So um there's he's got six in fact he's only made six albums, six albums in the top five hundred. And the only artists with more than that are Dylan, Neil Young, and the Beatles.
1: Holy shit.
0: He's got another one in the hundred, um, pretty far up the list, which I'm I'm sure we'll get to. And um, and before he became the, the artist that we know him, he, you know had a significant reputation as a producer um which is in effect how he ended up doing what he's doing. So it's one of these interesting ones that you know as ever the, the more you sort of dig in and, and find out a bit more that you, whether you like it or hate it, but there's always a bit more to the story than, than maybe you first thought so um So John, what are you thinking mate?
2: So I think um I've probably been, living in a bubble because I listened to the album. um again it's you know seventy five minutes twenty one songs. Quantity isn't everything and there's there's too much quantity going on here. It, you know it needs to be slimmed down. um he's got some good collaborations going on there to a point. um a bit more substance than Drake, I would say there's a, a a couple of decent songs, I, I quite like all falls down joint vocal um Selena Johnson's got a, a beautiful voice on that. Uh I liked that. I'll Fly Away. It was really, really old school a cappella. There's a bit bit piano going on in the background, but really old school blues. And I thought you know that, that really ticked a lot of boxes for me. Um but and also there's a song Get em High which mentions Tiger Woods. So anything that's that's related <laughs> to golf and music. It gets a massive tick for me, right? <laughs> stop Whoa. it, George, stop it. Right. Uh, um, so, you know, and the, the, there's a bit of um, sampling, you know, and a bit of, you know, Distance Lover, Marvin Gay, um, other bits and pieces as well. Um, backracking David. Back and David as well, you know, yeah. in, in there. And then um, I was reading up about them, and it, I must admit, I, I, I basically steer away from all of this, you know, sensationalism, you know, the, the, the Kardashians and all that. If I see anything on that, I just I switch TV off. So I had no clue whatsoever what's been going on with his, his personal views. I'm thinking, what the actual fuck, right? Running for president, he's got certain views, and I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, what's, what is going on here? Uh, so I'm He's a prick, right? In my book, he's, he's an absolute prick. Um, I say not, ten minutes ago, <laughs> you did you did Stephen to be fair, um, but I didn't I didn't know that because I, I, it's just it's take nothing to do with that. But so when I found out, it was absolutely unbelievable, and and I'm glad to listen to the album first because mm. I'm, I'm sure it would have clouded my judgment more. So while there are some good songs in here, as I mentioned, it's. There's too much. It lasts too long. Is it a top one hundred album? Absolutely not, as far as I'm concerned.
0: So again, just sort of context again before Josh comes in, and I understand all your comments about the sort of personal mm. noise and stuff. But this album was what 2004. Right. Um, yeah. So, to the best of my knowledge, when when that came out and he broke through, you know, I don't think any, if that was a if that was how he was, it certainly wasn't the public domain. um he was just another guy trying to come through and make his Mm -hmm. way really and interestingly what he sang about was the absolute opposite of the majority of sort of gangster Mm -hmm. rap and and things that you know would have given that genre a bad press um he Mm -hmm. he specifically tried to move away from that and was much more about social economic issues family you know all that type of stuff which is really where the album Mm -hmm. came from so you're right to, to flag it because it's there and it's fact. But um, certainly at that time, I, I think he was he was just a guy making a record, you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I say. I mean, I, yeah. I think there are some some really good songs on it, you know, which I've tried to you know outline there, for, you know, from my perspective. Um, but there's just too much. Seventy-five minutes, twenty-one songs. It it just bores me.
0: Okay, mate.
1: So it sounds like a no, um, George. Uh- like John, I'm, I'm very much of the school that um, if I see the name Kardashians in a newspaper or a magazine or on a TV channel, I instantly <clears> change it. I, I I don't want that kind of vacuous passion in my life. So I, I tend to just say, rather than invest even a couple of seconds finding out about it, I'd rather not have it. In my life, because it's just oh, shallow sure. as fuck, and I, I'm no interested. So, we, we obviously Kanye West, Mariah Carey, Kardashian. I, I'm I'm culturally aware enough to know that is the case, but I couldn't tell you which one. And I'm not that bored, but you know, I I, I try to listen to this. I've made a mistake on, on previous episodes. I haven't preconceived ideas about certain. People and uh, you know genres before I've had a listen to them, uh, and it sort of came back and bit me in the arse. So I thought, you know what? I've I've thought it's about Kanye. and What I know of him from you know things that I can't avoid. You know, it's uh, you know it's almost this almost cartoonish kind of character he's become. Trump supporting fucking nutcase. Uh, there's something about this that, that I have to say. The first maybe twenty-five minutes of it really did drag me in, and I was really surprised at how much I was enjoying it. Oddly, uh, you know, it opens really well with a "We Don't Care" tune, which um, made me, f- you know, obviously, it was a big influence in people like the Avalanches and what they subsequently did, uh, cracking the uh, samples from mm. the guy, Jimmy Caster bunch and. Uh, I've got land of hope and glory in there as well, which is it, it's all really you know wildly inventive. Uh all falls down as John mentioned is is, is a pretty decent song. It's, it's a cracking groove, but I loved the really stripped back. I'll fly away. The old mm-hmm. gospel, you know, hymn. Uh nailed that one properly. Pulled the rug from under me that one. Uh, and it, but then spaceships. I felt was probably the. the the best tune of the whole thing and it, it borrows heavily from Marvin Gaye's Distant Lover. So I was, I was really enjoying, you know, being taken aback by the paradox that, you know, the lyrical themes are quite dark and brutal, but they're are coated in a, a, a soulful way. Uh, and he was showing a lot of vulnerability and uh, fragility that I just didn't expect from this, you know, fucking, Gay fish loving uh, cartoon character that we we, we seem to have been ubiquitous in the last 10 15 years it it's it can't uh, you know it can't sustain that momentum uh, in the first 25 minutes and again like the other guys it's like it's like far far too long and it like gets a bit bogged down in the middle until most death arrives yeah. towards the end with two words and that sort of that drags it back up again but <clears> there's a bit too much of the, that uh, chipmunk soul they call it yeah uh, you know the the, the high pitched voices towards the second half which suggests to me that he'd run out of ideas you know I, i'd say the first 25 minutes you're talking that's a really promising debut album you know you would have to say that put my hands up and say take his odious personality at the equation and his uh his odd views and i would say that was a pretty decent uh opening 25 minutes half an hour but it's it's not strong enough in my opinion to make it into the top 100
0: okay and like other albums, if you imagined it being a 35 to 40-minute, eight, eight to nine-tracks record, putting aside the sort of Kanye personality discussion, well, do you think that I, would be a particularly strong album?
1: I, I would I'd be the same with people at Van Morrison. You know, Van mm. Morrison's a, a fucking, you know, from, from what I've heard from fans and people who know him, uh, a fucking... A horrid human being. So that would colour. It does a wee bit colour my enjoyment it does, of, yeah. You know some of his albums, and you know we have having discussions with John before about Morrissey, and yeah. you know, as much be... as I, I I love the Smiths, his input sort of makes me reluctant to dip back into them. Is it makes me reluctant to dip back into his own back catalogue rather than the Smiths. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, it's very hard to to, uh, to take the art away from the artist, uh, especially yep. when they're so, uh, their personalities are so uh, overbearing. Uh, I think
0: I think when the art and the artist are in the same area, it becomes more difficult. You know that yeah. there's that it's almost a, as you I think you mentioned like a cartoon character, um, and it almost becomes a little bit difficult to separate the two out whereas with yeah. Morrison and he, he absolutely has some issues as a person but you know there's quite a quite a lot of space between what he appears to be individually and then when you put on Astral Weeks or whatever you know you you, you can connect the to but I don't think yeah. you automatically do it by putting the record on I think with Kanye you're almost in that world pretty quickly when yeah as yeah. soon as you hear it which is hard to shut back out again I mean I think his influences. is he, he was massively influenced by the miseducation of Lorne Hill Yep. which is obviously a killer record, and in turn was a massive influence on Kendrick Marr.
1: Um yeah, You can see there's some of line between them, yeah, absolutely. it's, uh, she, it's one of her songs. It's actually uh, one of her tunes. Is, is it all falls down. Is, is, it, is yeah, she's in on that one somewhere,
2: isn't
1: she? Yeah, she's. Yeah. It's the song like they, they, um, they sampled one of Lorne Hill's songs uh, from that album or this album. Uh, I don't know whether she's actually on the album, but uh, on mm. this album, but uh, yeah, you can definitely draw a line. It's another case of uh, there's a distinct line from Lauren Kanye to uh, Kendrick Lamar and, and beyond. So
0: Massively successful, and I know you have a view on streams, George, so um, I won't quote any of that, mate, but he's uh debut album, number two, Billboard, half a million copies sold in the first week. Um Times 4 Platinum in four years, won a Grammy for best rap album, was even top ten in the UK, which I found a bit surprising to be honest. But um, but it was and it ended up being platinum in the UK as well. So this this guy's walked to talk a little bit. Um and you know, broadly speaking, he's still continue to do that, albeit with, with a bit of diminishing returns as he went through his career. Um and I guess you know, it's one of these ones when we, we take a vote on it and we will. We'll be right back here again. It's like almost the it's like the the mirror image of the Aretha chart. Where I think we say there's another Aretha one coming. Yeah. And we'll probably look forward to that won't we, I guess. Um, but we'll get another Kanye coming. So I think uh, you know, it'll be difficult to to then start again almost. And yeah.
1: you know. I'll, I'll happily go and have another listen to something and try and, and try and put any you know negative feelings I have about him and his uh, his music aside, um, yeah. and just try and treat it as. You know, the exercise that it is. You know, listen to the piece yeah. of music and determine whether I feel it's worthy of inclusion.
0: Okay, man. Um, yeah, cool. And uh, there is another sample on there as well. Just
1: to link us back to yes, but the the dark, but she, yeah, spirit you No, know, that Chipmunk push just ruined it. <laughs> it it <does>. really <laughs> was Like that—that that was the—that was the the absolute final straw for me. It's like, how dare you do that? That's just <laughs>
0: This, sits yeah. for, this is right between your question earlier on about Drake. Um, George, this is right between Drake for me and Frank Ocean. Really? I actually came to really like the Frank Ocean record, and I think this yeah. probably sits somewhere in the middle. I think there's some really good stuff on here, but not strong enough to be a... Well, a I would a, say a
1: it's standard. better than Drake's.
2: Would, I'd say it's yeah. fucking light to ahead of Drake's, but yeah. more for me. Okay. If they um, cut this album in half, then it would stand a chance.
0: Yeah, maybe. But, but, he, did, but, but he didn't, so... He didn't. Uh, so, uh, absolutely. Like so it. just double checking. Anyone fighting to, to put this one in? No. no. Steven Stephen, you were putting a case up there, weren't you? No. <laughs> I'm trying t- I'm, tra- I'm trying I'm trying to be more
3: empathetic. I'm trying to be obs- oh, observational. No. It's,
0: and, ca- it's kind of, you can you say what you want? No, but uh,
3: I'm
0: sorry, a man's a weapon and I, I can't <laughs> be doing it. Absolutely. Any uh, any any more piece of information, John, before we move on?
2: No, no, I've,
0: no got, I've got one, mate. Go You're on. Like Go on. Um, I think you will really enjoy this one. He was sued by evil can evil. Yeah. I'm not even going to explain. You can't to canyon. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one for another you podcast. Can't leave. Okay. Can't leave that. okay. Everyone to, will frantically be away googling and wicked. I know I know that, the video. It's right. where it jumps a canyon. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It it, it, it pretends to before. jump the canyon, the canyon thing, and he's called evil, kind of mm-hmm. evil or something. So, and uh, but anyway, he went to saw him and said he was a lovely man. Evil said of Kanye. So <laughs> um, before he died, the year before he died. So and there, yeah, all's well that ends well. Okay, so I I think we're an absolute four for four there. That um, that's not a top hundred record. So for the moment, Kanye is out. We'll see him later on down the line. 73 was uh, my bloody valentine with loveless so uh, this vague shimmering gorgeous album reportedly cost as much as five hundred thousand dollars to make and nearly bankrupted the band's uk label it was worth it forget the lyrics which are buried in the mix and incomprehensible and focus on kevin shields and belinda butcher's guitars which build entire noise symphonies out of tremolo effects and pitch bending highlights like only shallow and i only said Use sampling technology to build a distorted, shifting sound that is wholly original and ecstatically, ecstatically beautiful. Sorry, it's like being serenaded by ghosts. Generations of shoegaze bands were born in its shadow. "Loveless" by My Bloody Valentine, released November nineteen ninety one. John, do you want to lead off, mate?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I love it. It's dissonant, sonic. It's like glass shattering melting your ears um the lyrics christ knows what they are they're they're so low in the mix that, that you know it's almost like an afterthought really and it's really about that sort of white noise experimental guitar sound um that probably reached out to a number of bands that were starting out and thought that's the way to go but nobody did it like my bloody valentine basically um Bands like Ride potentially, Spiritualized, Slow Dive, you know, you, you can see they're, they're probably the better ones, but um I think they did inspire some shit that followed. But I, I love this album. Um the backstory to it was just it's absolutely crazy. Um I think they were in 19 different studios trying to get the sound right. Um Kevin Shields is basically the main guy in the band. Um I think he was trying to find a sound that no one else could hear. Um, countless engineers. It's a it bankrupted creation. Uh, Dick Green who was in second second in command at creation. Had a nervous breakdown, and he's apparently his hair turned grey overnight. <laughs> uh, while we're going through this, you know, he, he couldn't even explain the sound he was trying to make to the rest of the band, so so they don't actually appear on the record despite the fact they we're a fully functioning band at that point. So it's just, it's, the, the whole backstory, it's pretty, pretty crazy. But the the sound of it, I, I just absolutely love, you know, songs like Only Shallow, the first song, it um, just sets it up. There, there's just so much going on. Um, a really, really interesting album. Funnily enough, it's not an album I've ever owned. Uh, didn't have it at the time. Um, but always a band I've been kind of quite in into, so to speak. But two and a half years to record it as well. Nice. And I you know, just come back to that point of what Kevin Shields was trying to find, and I, I, I doubt very much ever got it, but that you read these mad stories for time to time. There's like Lee Mayers with the Laz, he was he was very similar, you know, their album and and just try to find a sound and he still moans about that record today. And, you know. I think Kevin Shields is probably the same. You know, he'll, he'll find fault in this. Yeah. But sonically, it's, it's. you know, they're making sounds that, you know, I've, I've no idea how they've pulled that together. But, it, I, yeah, I really like it. So why do you think you never bought a copy, John? Um, I don't know. It was, it was like a band that, you know, I was aware of, but, I, you know, I'd pick them up for the compilations and, um, <laughs> CDs and stuff like that, but yeah. I never actually. I think at that point in time, it was probably the sound was probably a bit too heavy for me in some ways. Um, but I, pre- I really appreciate it, you know, over the last few years. <clears throat> yeah. and I think yeah. um, live, there were you know, I, I speak to some of my mates about the loudest gig you've ever been to. Hmm. And end it seen my bloody Valentine. They'll they'll stick their hand up. They were off the scale loud. Apparently, when they played,
1: played the cult at the Barland.
2: All right, Are you
1: cu- With the cult? Cult with the loudest band I've cult. ever heard.
0: All ah, right, I thought you said they played with the cult. Oh
1: no, the, the, <clears throat> the loudest band. Yeah, the cult at the Barland. I I, I lost a couple of felons because of them. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it's Danny Kelly, isn't it? it seems <clears> throat> you throat> see them in uh, the Roundhouse or somewhere in London and he's a pint laggard jumped out his hand <laughs> because of the <laughs> vibrations <laughs> when they come on, which which I can get. The reason I asked about the album, John, was that I've never owned a copy either, right? And I've, I have listened to this so much over the last fortnight, more than any of the other records, mm-hmm. and I'm still not convinced I'd buy a copy. Mm-hmm. Don't dislike it. There's so much, so much of it. I really like. Yeah. Obviously, the sounds fantastic. But there's, I there's something. I don't think there's any songs on the record. I don't. I think it's. I, I'm, I'm it's sorry to rephrase a... that. There are songs on it. I, I'm not sure that, that, that the songs are over an album's worth are 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 strong enough to be considered potentially to be a top hundred album. Although I love it, the sound. It sounds
2: amazing. Yeah, yeah it's not commercial. No, well, and it, it takes it tanked, didn't it? Yeah. I mean it'll appeal to not very many people, I suspect. But it does appeal to me.
0: Are you going to rush out and buy a copy then?
2: I might do. It's <laughs> <That's> really <laughs> interesting.
0: I, I genuinely asked myself the same question mm-hmm. why I've not bought it. I've bought other stuff of, of that ilk, um, but never that. So So what what are you thinking, John? Are you thinking in or out or for the list? <laughs> You you can hold that if you want. We'll we'll get on to it. Yeah,
1: room. yeah. Okay, now okay. George, uh, I, I was actually living in Camden at the time of the release of this, which was pretty much the epicenter of shoe gaze <laughs> and the subsequent uh, musical movements uh, that followed. Uh, I can't even say I was a huge fan of gaze, even though I was at the Barfly a couple of times. I can't say I was a I, I was particularly into this kind of music, um, so it was it was a chance for me. I I I know about my bloody Valentine, and they were they were one of the bands that were always talked about every week in the NME, and so it was one of these bands that you really, if you were going to be cool, you needed to like my bloody Valentine. So, but I, I can't remember much about them to be honest with you. Um, so having a listen to them, all uh, the lessons to them today. Uh, it was a real surprise to hear uh, how experimental it actually was. Uh, it, you know, it's probably like bitches brew for like, skinny wee denim wearing pricks. You know, it's uh, it's really out there experimental. You only shallow started off the album, and it was it was pleasant and surprising. But but by the time you know the next couple of tunes, Lumer I think was the next one, it was, it was like three songs playing simultaneously and, and it, it definitely had that kind of bitches brew vibe for me, it was, it was experimental and not experimental in a, a pleasant sounded way, mm. it was interesting, it was abstract, but it drifted too often into the aimless for me and it looked, you know. It was like a cacophony at times. uh, And it was too much of that to be a pleasurable listening experience. There are hints of things in there that, 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 you know, um, when you sleep, for instance, was was, there was a cracking riff in When You Sleep. And uh, it was the other one, Um, it was another tune. Uh, uh, I only said that was it. I only said, I, I like that repetitive drone. Yeah. Riff of uh, I only said, but five minutes. It was far, far too much. Uh, you know, Brian Ngo loved it. Robert Smith loved it. Uh,
0: yeah, top three album for Robert Smith.
1: Yeah, I, I can't, I can't say honestly that I did. It sounded, you know, if you've been in bands, you go to rehearsal rooms. If you stand in the hallway of all the different rehearsal rooms all around you and recorded it, it would sound something like this. It sounded Mm. like four different bands playing four different genres and songs at the same time. And I can't say I particularly enjoyed it. I get why, I I can hear wee hints of why it became so influential, but for me, uh, nah, nah.
0: Okay, well, it came out in 91, would I say, November 91, so no, yeah. we're, we're kind of doing lists and stuff here. So um, it didn't sell particularly well, but it was a lot sort of critically acclaimed. Yeah. much immediately at the time. And then on, on your best of lists, it done well. So it actually was number nine in the NMEs list of that year, bearing in mind it sold next to nothing. It was a sort of fair effort, I thought. So what's um, anyone have a stab at the top three? 91 NMEs?
1: Never mind. mind. It, Never mind, Yeah.
0: Never mind Screaming Delica. Screaming Delica's three. Yeah. I yeah. watched two.
2: Out of time.
0: No, but it's a good show, John. It's very good, mate. Um, Bandwagon esque.
1: What? what? Bandwagon esque. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think the reason I mentioned that was that <clears throat> um, Primal Scream and Nirvana, you know, were, became pretty big selling bands, particularly Nirvana, obviously. But, you know, Teenage fan club didn't really but they were a, 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 a musician's band that everybody loved, including yeah. Clark Cabane, of course. So kind of parallels there between them and My Bloody Valentine, but Teeny Fan Club, I think, then had legs. You know, they kind of, they trained on, didn't they, over the, over but, the next...
1: the all three of the other acts you mentioned there had songs, and yeah. definable songs. Yeah. I, love, I
0: mean, I, I don't know, I love the sound. I'd love, if somebody wrote songs for them, for them to play them, you know, I I, I think it'd been an amazing album, but... uh I'm just not sure there's songs. And there. there's actually I'll come to Steve in a second, but there was a thing about mm-hmm. the lyrics that I found, where somebody who really liked the album, uh, I think it was from the Guardian, I think I haven't got his name here, but he was interviewing um the pair of them, and there were he was asking about the lyrics, but they kept wanting to go back to the the kind of the music, and he said, well, the lyrics are there, so you've obviously put them on for a reason, or it would just be an instrumental album. And they were like, oh, no. and he says, well, can you tell me the first line? Tell me the first line of any song. And they said, well, what song? And he says, Loomer. <laughs> tell me the first line of Loomer. And the butcher refused to even begin to think about what it might be. And Shield said, I have absolutely no idea what I was saying. <laughs> <That's laughs> and I, I and that's fine. I have no problem with that at all. And I think he was kind of slowly losing his mind anyway. But you I know what? Like,
1: yeah. I have a fucking point. know. Yeah yeah I, I, I don't mind lyrics. Letting... You know? No, if you if you if you, mashes, if you if you're creating some sort of art, have a fucking point. You know, if you if you don't know in your little whatever, is it art? Are you just what? fannying up, And it sounds that to me sounds like I, I'd understand if they went, Yeah, we fucking went out of our way to create this. But yeah. if they're just saying, Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just sort it's like fluff. Yeah. Under the fucking
0: keyboard. It's like, no. But they took 20, 22 years, didn't they, to do another one? Um, which actually isn't a bad record, to be fair, but again, it's could have been made at any time, I think. you know it's, It does sound very similar to the, the previous one. Stephen, what's your take, mate? Um, I am with you on this one. This mob existed on the very
3: edge of my awareness. Um, I was aware of them. I knew they were a thing. What are you drinking, baby? Uh, yeah. but they never ever 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 hit the spot uh, again I've never bought it I wouldn't ever buy it Um, just, there's something there's something missing there's something wrong I don't know what it is it, in my opinion there, there's just something not there I never quite grasped it maybe it's me but uh, it's mm-hmm. not for me. Um, I'll front it up and say, not, not a chance. Is this one of the top one hundred albums of all time? No, not in a million years. Okay. Um, say, so I'm, I'm not going to go do, do a deep dive on it or go into tracks or whatever because I've never owned the album. I've never heard. I've heard half of it the recently the last couple of days, and uh, no, no, it's not not my scene, man. Okay.
0: Well, the album kind of burst them, didn't they? So they, they kind of stopped really after this. Um, yeah. He started doing other things. He ended up um, touring with Primal Scream, didn't he? Kevin Shields. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, mm-hmm. actually, off and on. Uh, remastered uh, Scream Screamedelica as well. 2010, I think that might have been. Um, so, he's, he, you know, he's, he's got his chops, hasn't he? This guy knows what he's doing, I think. He um, knows what he's doing, Brian, but but,
3: but, but let's, let's contextualise it. This This is about this album. In situ as a a standalone piece of work, Hmm. does it belong in the top one hundred albums of all time?
1: It really surprised me, Brian Eno liking it, uh, because Brian Eno being like one of the gods of you know uh, production, uh, this is almost like anti-production. It's it's willfully. So not about ambient, George, in its own way.
0: You know, not, not the ambience that you would associate with you know, but it has an ambience to it, I
1: think. That's counter to ambience. Ambience, you know, by definition should should suggest that something is, you know, you know, there. Whereas this is discordant. You know, I don't I'm not to say that discordant music is, you know, necessarily you know, you have to rule it out completely, but the, this is more directionless than than anything. Especially as you've just revealed that they didn't appear, to <laughs> they couldn't possibly uh, define what was done. Are they yeah. no interest in defining what was yeah. done? It's an abstract concept, great, but you can't, no. I can't I can't take this stuff. So. Well
0: creation director. Does it, in, it does it
2: need does it need direction? Surely that's the point of the
1: record they have made. But then then Maybe. you and I can just go and sit in the studio and just fucking make noise and call it up. It, it may, it. Very, it may <laughs> very well be up, but it'll be shite. <laughs> Uh, it's a bit kind. Of,
0: it's a it's a bit bitches brewish, you know. You know, I'm not I'm not sucking down that rabbit hole again. But it's a bit that there's stuff in there that people say is you know
1: is like awe-inspiring. I if I get it, I get you know, I get that. that part of it, but as a listener, it's not a pleasant experience. And I feel oh. a bit bitches brew as well. And I like Miles Davis. It's not a pleasant. Audible, experience. Yep.
2: Very much an acquired taste.
0: An acquired taste, but we'll, we'll acquire a vote in a second. Twitter were 58% no. Um, so a bit touch and go, but they ended up saying no. There was a couple of comments from a couple of guys on there. So Rebel Rock said, loved all those bands at the time, but I always felt this was overhyped and overrated. I like it a bit more nowadays than I ever did, but for me, not top 100, which I... I think it was a kind of a kind of reasonable take on it. I think even guys, you mentioned Ride earlier on. John actually, I really like Ride and probably still do. Actually, quite like them. But at mm-hmm. the time, I thought they were amazing. So their debut album actually came out before this, Um and I I thought it was amazing. Nowhere, still do. It was.
2: It was. Yeah. And I think it's just, miles
0: ahead of this as a because it's got songs on it and it's got some of the best drumming I've ever heard. Um So I don't I don't mind this album at all. But I bought the Ride album to come out and I'd probably mm-hmm. buy it again. Um, yeah, and I never bought this one, so there's a I think there's a reason for that for me. So mm-hmm. um. yeah,
2: I mean just moving back to the loudest gigs ever, ride with the loudest band I've ever, yeah, seen live. Yeah, um, and it was on that tour. I've, I've got they'd also done about four EPs before the first album. That's right. Should all yeah. and I've, really good. I've got them all yeah. and um, go for quite a pretty penny now as well the vinyl. So. If you ever, if you want to buy any, just let me know, and I'll. Uh,
1: <laughs> nah John, I'll, I'm
2: out there. <laughs> I'll fill you in. Uh, but no, I, I agree. Ride were far more melodic, and had the tunes um, to match that. So, uh, I I think I think on, I mean, I, I do like it. Um, is it top one hundred, fair point. I would probably say no.
0: Okay, so we we'll get a no from John. Should we come back to John there? So John's a no, Stephen. <clears throat>
2: I, I, I
0: stayed straight up uh, from the start. Um, is this a top 100
3: album, like John just said? And I'd say absolutely not. It's not one of the best 100,
1: 100 albums of all time.
0: No chance. Okay. George?
1: No. Fucking absolutely
0: not. Okay. I, I'm a no as well, but I, I do like the album. It's not in the sort of Drake world, but, um, but it's just. Uh, That's it the criteria. Pressure. Criteria is does it stay in the top 100? No, it doesn't make not from not from me. So I think we're we're four for four. I've just picked a, a note up from Lisa as well, who obviously couldn't make it tonight. And I think she says uh, if I'm reading her note properly here, MBV out all that time and they produced that question mark, load of shite. Well okay. just <laughs> Lisa's take on
3: it. I'm so I'm
0: good to, if you're
1: around, pop <laughs> in for the
0: end. You're so very welcome, absolutely. Please do. Um Cool. And my only bit of trivia to move off was that his sister, Kemishul's sister, uh designed shoes for Bono. Yeah. Don't get me
3: started
0: on the gift. Cuban keep, heels. The <laughs> big Cuban heels, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I'm a, a heart freeze mullet. Right, um seventy three. Seventy two was uh, Neil Young Harvest. So back to that kind of eclectic thing that we always talk about, which we definitely get on this list. So what did Rolling Stone say? Harvest yielded Neil Young's only number one hit, Heart of Gold, and helped set the stage for the 70s soft rock explosion. Both James Taylor and Linda Ronstadt singing the album. Along with Young, they were in Nashville to appear on Johnny Cash's variety show that week, And uh, the week that Harvest was cut, uh, with an odd group of accomplished session musicians that included bassist Tim Drummond, who had played with James Brown. The sound was Americana, steel guitar, slide guitar, banjo, stripped down and rebuilt with every jagged edge exposed. The standout tracks included Old Man and the Needle and the Damage Done. Released February 72. new Young Harvest, we've already had um, after gold rush on the list, so this is his second one. Um, I think it's his last one on the top 100, so who wants to
1: go first? I'll jump in. Uh, it's probably his most consistently intimate piece of work until Harvest Moon 20 years later. Uh, it opens up with a couple of understated burrito-esque love songs about the actress Carrie Snodgrass who he ended up hooking up with for years and having a a son with. Uh, And then he drops the much misunderstood A Man Needs a Maid and Heart of Gold, which are just absolute belters and they're among Young's own personal favourites from this period. And mine too, you know, when he when he sings that line, when will I see you again? It's so aching. It's it's perfect. Um, love it, and the contributions of uh, you know soon to be superstars like Linda Ronstadt and James Taylor really elevate some already great songs into something quite uh, sublime. Uh, and as a, for an artist so associated with that Laurel Canyon scene. The bulk of the album was actually recorded in Nashville using Nashville you know, uh, musicians. But the orchestration was recorded in Barking in East London, right, uh, with the LSO. And it was arranged by uh, Jack Nietzsche, who's you know, on this and gets his hands all over it. And he later, Married Carrie Snodgrass, so it's all quite uh, incestuously tied up. But as, a, as an album itself, uh, it's it's a slow burner for me, and I, I really, really enjoyed some of those hearing some of those tunes again for the first time in a long, long time. Old man's. Mm. a fucking mighty tune, an absolute mighty tune and the, the back vocals of the chorus just make it for me. Uh, and Needle and the Damage done has got to be one of the greatest anti-drug songs ever. So, yeah, for me, Harvest, Neil Young definitely makes it cut. So this was a
0: follow-up to After the Gold Rush, um, yep. which is the like, end two years before that and they pretty much wrote the songs and as you say, then just recorded them when it was down at Nashville and finished them back at back at his own place. Um, but it was kind of the opposite of some of his other stuff that it was actually commercially huge. You know, he had a, a number yeah. one single we we had gold, which uh, he never had any, any other time. But actually critics didn't pan it, that's not fair, but, you know, pretty nonplussed about it because they've seen it as a little bit of a sort of same again record you have the gold rush. And I'm, I I just wondered what your thoughts are on that. I mean, there is a similar feel to it, but I think there's a kind of, there's a different, thing About what you know the strings like, and the, the lyrics
1: and yeah, stuff are quite different. It's, I found it quite personal. It's mm. for young uh, to be that personal about, um, you know, life, mortality, love, uh, death. It, it was a very, very personal album for me. Uh, and obviously, after two very understated, um, uh, openers coming in where my needs are made with that incredible, like. Really dominant orchestration, mm-hmm. really set the album up brilliantly. No, I, I loved it. It's uh, it's one of the of the new young albums that I listen to. It's one of the ones that I would get back to more often than not. And mm-hmm. uh, so, big thumbs up for me.
0: And he's got he's, he's as I think I mentioned earlier on, he's got seven in the the original five hundred Rolling Stone list. He's got seven, which I think only okay. the Beatles have get more of. Um. Yeah. They're all solo, he's got no Buffalo Springfield in there. There's no Crosby Stills, Nash and Young. Is there um, any
1: Minor Birds? Has he got the Minor Birds? No, the Minor
0: Birds aren't in there, I'm afraid not. That'd I, be a good, a a a be a good shout.
1: That, a lot of people don't know that uh, Neil Young was actually on Motown Records yeah, it was, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, with Rick James. He was in a band with Rick James, <laughs> famous super freak uh, called the Minor Birds. And uh, they sort of A couple of records and then crashed and burned quite quickly and disbanded but uh, very unlike the normal Motown roster stars.
0: Yeah absolutely yeah and they mentioned that in Tim Drummond has mentioned the intro there and they they literally got him didn't they walking down the street I think in in Nashville because they're looking for a bass player so whole interesting landing and stuff so we'll maybe dig in a wee bit more before we finish on that one. John?
2: Um, I'm going to have to take the fifth on this one because it wasn't available to listen to. When right. I tried to listen to it today okay. on the streaming platform that I use, so okay, that's fine. Y- you'll need, to, yeah, pass me by. Sorry,
1: no bother,
0: I, I think um, you're right because he's obviously fallen out with uh, Spotify. I don't know if it's on Apple. I, I don't. I'm not on Apple, so I don't know.
1: I listened to it today on uh, Amazon. I was, you, know, I was YouTube. on I
0: YouTube. I just found it on YouTube. Yeah. Some, somebody yeah. played the album basically and uh, sat and listened to it. I didn't think to even
2: check that on YouTube. Good point.
0: Yeah. Um I'll come I'll come back to that. Um Steven. Education. i had no idea about the the, the minor birds <laughs> I know.
3: Yeah. Um <sighs> I'm I'm on the fence with this guy. Uh some brilliant stuff, some stuff that would make you want to jump off a high building. That I, I can't make my mind up. Um, this album should be in the top one hundred. I'd probably say yes. I'd go along with George, yes. Um, because be, because <laughs> because it works. It works. It's, it it ticks all the right boxes, and yeah, I I just like it in. You know, it was he was out there. It was a bit different. Mm. You know, it it wasn't going along mainstream. This it was good stuff. You know, it's not. I, I wouldn't call it one of my my personal top one hundred albums. Blah, blah blah blah. But I think I think I think it belongs in there. I do, I do believe it's a quality first class piece of music and belongs in the top one hundred.
0: Okay. It, sound, it sounds fantastic I think yeah, that's probably exactly, one of yeah. my observations on it Um, you George, you mentioned the strings and stuff which are the, produ-
3: the production's you know,
0: unbelievable but even the sort of basic you know the uh, guitar and sing-along stuff it's, yeah, it's the production yeah. everything about it is first class Yeah,
3: there's no, no, a couple I'd, of turkeys I don't, on there me, I mean, what
0: album doesn't but I like yeah, it I, I like it and I think I, that I'd, that, I'd, put, I'd put it in I think the Danny Witten thing is quite interesting because you know most guys know the story yeah. I think about Danny from Crazy Horse and, and what have you but again yeah, without yeah. checking up on it I, I wasn't quite aware of the, the sort of timeline for all of that so um, so in case you don't know he, he was in and out of the band They brought him back to ready for touring um, couldn't hack it and the Young sent him home with a plane ticket and um, he died that night oh. when he went home so I think uh not, not because of young of course, but I think he took it quite particularly bad for a while. Um, which I guess you would and um yeah, and there's obviously songs all about him as well, which is kinda of quite interesting. Best selling album in nineteen seventy two in the Wellboard, um, in America. Um, and he had that famous quote, didn't he? Saying that he was in the middle of the road and didn't like it, so he, he headed for the ditch. Or worse to that effect, yeah, and the next three albums where he's ditched. Well, trilogy.
1: Yeah, the 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 next three albums after this were a real departure away from fame and that whole bullshit world that uh, yeah other artists seem to be getting pulled into, you know, especially as uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash buddies, they were getting pulled into the whole, you know, show busy rock and roll kind of thing. And he was like, no, nah, this is not for me. No. And the next three albums are absolute fucking bonkers. Yeah. You know?
0: But good, great bonkers, but bonkers. Um, Aye, it's just none, none the most you know. Yeah. 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 There's a, a, a quick story about the album itself Um, b- before we move on, which is that they finished it, they recorded a bunch of it in Nashville, and then went back to this um, uh, barn and ranch that they had and finished the rest of it out there. But when they were uh, pretty much finished and they wanted to do a playback, uh, they would, they, uh, Graham Nash came up and they took a rowing boat out to the little lake that was in the middle of the um the ranch. <laughs> and he asked, I don't know what the engineer was, but he asked the engineer if he could do a playback on the boat because he wanted to hear it in like um, maximum surround sound, open sound jaws, soon as he could get it. So <laughs> so the guy thought he basically just wanted to play it out of the barn, but he says, no, no, he says, I want as many speakers and amps as you can get in the barn, and then I want the same amount of speakers and amps in the house. And they sat right in the middle of the two, and then they played wow. it like this, you know, 50 yards apart thing. And they were sitting in a little room boat listening in the middle. And it was, I think a guy had a megaphone or something and he's shouting to him, you know, what do you think? What? And Neil,
1: what cowbell? <laughs> more cowbell?
0: Neil Young shouting more barn. I need more barn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I think the guy, the guy's an absolute one off. Right. Um, and you can see that in his records. You could see why he would just jump from here after doing two pretty straight records to, you know, to absolutely going and doing something else. So, um, whether it's commercial or not, you know, it's just what he wants to do. I, I really liked it. I'm, I'm a big Neil Young fan, but I, I'm as happy mm-hmm. listening to Crazy Horse stuff as I am. He's solo. He's acoustic, so it's, but I think it's a, it's a really good album. Um, we talk about the odd live thing, uh, and just again, for them that's listening or uh, wants to, to check it out, There's um I think it was on BBC Four a while back, but it's still on YouTube, where in 71, he came over to yeah. the UK and played about half an hour or so when his little BBC sort of- that's play fantastic. Played. It PC, plays yeah. you know, five or six of the songs are from Harvest, albeit that it's it's not released until the following year. Um, so basically it's kinda of first time anyone's heard them and it's uh, yeah. just him. It's amazing, George. Yeah, it's I've so, seen it, yeah, I've
1: seen it. It's really well,
0: good. Well worth checking out, mate. Twitter worth seventy five percent. Yes, it's thirty seven minutes. Absolute sweet spot for me. John, I know you're not heard it, but you'd vote it in if it's thirty seven minutes, mate, wouldn't you?
1: I, I would say John yeah. probably would
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'd have to PST over that. Um, what else I got from, <coughs> yeah, I Played in the Monkeys album, uh, Instant Replay. seriously? Oh, mean, come on, man's a ledge, right? You know, Rick James, Monkeys. Um And he is... <laughs> there's a reason I mentioned this, right? Uh, the 100 top Canadian albums of all time. He's number one and number three. Okay. But I just thought I'd mention that Rush have also got two in the top twenty. <laughs> so it's it's just a matter of time when we have this debate, guys. He's right they're right up there with young obviously. So, uh, okay, so I'm up, for, up, I'm until you're talking about Russia again. I know, she'll be on in a minute. So seventy five percent yes for Twitter. Um I I am certainly in George was sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely
1: you're in, for me. Brilliant. Yep. Um
0: Steven? Hell yes. Perfect. And John you you're a silent majority, mate. I'll take that. Okay, uh, and we'll, we'll try and keep you posted on the YouTube stuff because the new I don't think it's our last new Young, so I don't know if there's any others that we won't get, but uh, it, it does make it a bit awkward for sure. Okay, good stuff. One down, um, four down, one to go. 71 is Bob Marley with Exodus. Okay, talk about some big hitters. So, as the title suggests, this album wasn't recorded in Jamaica. After Bob Marley took a bullet in a 1976 assassination attempt, he relocated the Whalers to London but tracks such as Jamming are still suffused with the deep essence of reggae and life at home. Three Little Birds, for example, had been written on the back steps of Marley's home in Kingston, where he would sit and smoke kerb. Each time Marley rolled a spliff, he would discard the seeds and the birds of the song title would pick them up. The music have a purpose, Marley said, and his spiritual intent was never clearer than in an the anthem One Love, with its message of redemption and revolution. Released in June 77, right in the middle of the punk revolution, um, based in London, so uh, yeah, quite an interesting um, landing. So Bob Marley, uh, Exodus, who wants to take us away for the last one tonight? I'll Stephen, go, yeah. go on, Stephen.
3: You go first, Stephen. There you go. Um, not a fan. Okay. Um, I do like. What, of, of, again. Not a fan of Bob Marley or reggae or what? Reggae in general. Okay. Um. It's just never, ever, ever lit my candle. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know why it should. With the stuff I like, but I've, have never got it. I, I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. It's me just being ignorant. I don't know. Um, but it's never, it's never hit me, at all. I don't have a single reggae record. I've, I've got a zillion records, as, far as you know, but I. But it's never struck me, never. Um, I'm sure as part of the genre, it is a masterpiece, I'm sure it very probably is, but it's never personally
0: hit me at all. Reggae, and I, even, I, I even like the hit singles on here, so it was a very oh, they're
3: great. I mean, it, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't you turn off the radio when they come on, you know, mm, mm. but um, it's not for me
0: personally, it's a purely personal thing. I mean, so what about when the clash do things like white man in house with Pally and stuff exactly. like that? Exactly. That's something I that, that no, I know. Again, I won't put off, but I,
3: I'm not no, still, overly still not keen on it, enthused no. about it. I, okay. I, don't, I just don't, I simply don't like it. Um, okay. I know, and I'm, it's probably terribly naive and ignorant, but
0: uh, I've just never bought into the idea. That's all. So, so he has the assassination attempt on him, which I think is what is the back end of '76? And he, he yeah, yeah, I history, yeah, yeah, is that right? He comes straight to London, I think, after that, and then finishes yeah. the record off in London. I mean, straight in amongst the 70s, mid
3: 70s punk scene,
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah.
3: Get all that. yeah, yeah. But what he was doing, I, I, I somehow bypassed you know, the rest of it hit me straight between the eyes, but yeah. the reggae side of it
0: didn't. Okay. And I don't know, know why that is. Okay. So you sound like a no. well, Mine is harsh. Um, it probably is a no. I mean, and then I'll probably get castigated again. Have a think about it then. Don't jump in to see what the guys are saying. Have, have okay, Thank mate. John?
2: Yeah, I think this is Marley at the Peaky's Powers. Uh, I think Exit's a, a fantastic album. I think you listen to the songs now; the songs haven't aged. It still sounds to me incredibly fresh. Um, I think the the album for me, in many ways, is a two sided album. I think the, the first side is particularly a bit more laid back than side two. But um, so I mean, Exodus finishes off side one, and it's about eight minutes long on this version, and it's it's just exudes class. I think think, um, you know, side two, it's basically hit after hit. Jamming, Waiting in Vain, Three Little Birds, One Love. Just an extraordinary run, of songs on that second side. Um, you're right, you know, I think it was assassination attempt, attempt and it, you know, relocated to London pretty much right away um, and took an apartment in Basin Street Studios um, along with his personal chef. And he was camped there for about a year while, you know, they went through recording the album. Um, there's even elements of a little bit of funk going on and songs like I think it's the even inside one um, but I love it and mm. I, I really like the drumming on it as well and so um, was, it, was it reading up about it earlier and the drummer Carly Barrett he actually did get assassinated when he was 36 1987 back in Jamaica okay. so um, yeah. he, he got shot dead Um a few years, well, ten years after this this album came out. But I think it's it's Marley, he's an ab, absolute peak with
0: the Whalers. And would you I be a Marley it. fan, John, or a reggae fan, or what, what what's your take on it? Uh yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, you know, um So I if think, you go back you know, a few years to the think... so
0: the original Wailers Whalers with Peter Tosh and, and Bunny mm. Whaler and all that so you know that was kind of harder reggae for want a better word. Yeah. You know,
2: yeah.
0: would you still be into that stuff as well?
2: Uh, I, yeah, I, I can pick bits and, bits and pieces out of it. Um, He's got a live album, which hmm. escapes me the name, but it's absolutely fantastic. Li- a live, uh, I think it's called. I think, it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, then obviously you've got the compilation, Legend. It's fantastic. You know, I've picked up a couple of these albums, but, you know, back in the day and, you know, some of the other reggae stuff. I absolutely love, you know, you, you mentioned some of the punk crossover. I think some of that stuff's the, uh, the best stuff that the Flash put out. Mm. Police and Thieves, you know, White Man, Hammersmith, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, this gets a big tick in the box for me.
1: Okay. Cheers, mate. George? I think John's pretty much nailed a lot of what I was going to say. Uh, just to, you know back him up on this, this is uh, in, the, uh, in the aftermath of the assassination attempt, this is Marley moving into the big, leaves, uh, big leagues to paraphrase him, he knows where he's going, and it starts yeah. off with a couple of songs that sort of mirror a spiritual path, but the story takes a turn when it arrives at you know Exodus end of, state, uh, end of side one side two is the quality of the songs and performances on side two of Exodus are Arguably unsurpassed in Bob Marley's uh, canon of work, uh, outstanding stuff. Aston Barrett and Carly Barrett, uh, your family man and Carly, are just one of the ultimate rhythm sections. I think they'd be fighting out with Sly and Robbie for you know title of Reggie's greatest rhythm section. But they anchor the collection brilliantly. You've got the I threes, beautiful, perfectly judged. Non-showy, backing vocals. Judy Moore, Marcia Griffiths, and Bob's end wife Rita Marley turning great songs into transcendent ones. We can also hear how influenced Bob was by the stuff he was hearing, not just in the UK, but that, that sort of smooth Philly soul. Uh, Turn your lights down low is is pure. Mm. Tech. Pendergast, and he's obviously influenced by people like Stevie Wonder, you know, Stevie Wonder, not who in turn was influenced by Marley himself. So, those kind of crossovers are, are, are wonderful. Uh, Waiting in Vain for me is an absolute standout. Uh, but you, you're talking, I think that second side of Exodus is as good a side of an album as. Any album you put any album up against it in the nineteen seventies, that side will be as good as anyone's. It's that good. Uh, probably his finest album, and sadly, within four years, it was gone. Tragic. I,
0: I wrote down, scribbled my notes, and um, I wrote down side two, best side ever. Question mark.
1: Ah, seriously, it's what. Like, mm.
0: and, mm. and I, I am not a massive reggae fan. I really like Bob no. Marley, and there's other stuff. I love reggae infused music. Uh, I love that. Um John touched on stuff earlier and various genres with, with reggae in there. But I mean, I, just, I, mean, I just sat and listened just sat and listened to the record I and mean, the, the side two. Was, just blew me a weak, way,
1: but it's not a, there's not it a unique note on that second. The first half's really good, but it sets you up perfectly for side two, which is just absolute killer. It's, it's a killer side. Uh and and, and as John said that there is, they sound really fresh. You know, you are listening to them, that's nearly 50 years old. If you hear that on the radio now, it could, it, it's so fresh, it's so vibrant, it's so full of life. Uh, an incredible side of music, really yeah. is. 100% and for me. Do you think the Assassination Attempts got
0: a, so, you know, I, I call it a kind of love album for want of a better word. Side 2 is very much about sort of, you know, peace and love and, yeah. Together and stuff. Do you, do you think when he's moved away from that and he's had this, you know, brush with death? Um, do you think that sort of pushed him into? Because once he does this, before he, he dies, his last couple of albums become quite political again.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Up,
0: uh, uprising and um, survival. Uprising. They're they're more in that world yeah. again, aren't they? I think so I think a wee bit of
1: a, a wee bit mm-hmm. of stock in his life. Yeah. I know his marriage with uh, Rita Marley broke up about this kind of time when he hooked up with. Like, uh, some I was Miss Jamaica I hooked up the side of <laughs> I just you know I, I may not be long why well, wouldn't so you right? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be enjoying myself playing football yeah. with my pals in the parks in London and uh, and just uh getting getting my jollies with with supermodels well at a Cooper. and then it comes back and there's there's still work to be done as you can see later on, you know, a couple of albums before before he eventually passed you know but nothing is consistently hmm. excellent as side two of exodus that is probably as i said earlier probably one of the greatest sides of the, the decade
0: yep period here, here. um yeah, but we'll, we'll kind of have a wee vote on that. Uh, the, the sort of association comment I got was that um, it was thought to be politically motivated because it was all about the elections in Jamaica at the time. And there was this concert and he was there to support the uh, yep. Manley. Um, yeah, yep, yeah. Absolutely. So he said, um, nonetheless, concert proceeded and an injured Marley performed as scheduled two days after the assassination attempt. When asked why you performed, Marley responded, the people who are trying to make this world worse aren't taking a day off. How can I?
1: Fair play, Bob.
0: Which, uh, yeah, fair play, Bob. You're tipping lots of hats and bunnets and all the other yep. things that you tip there. Um, cool. Uh, so, yeah, 37 minutes long, 79%. Yes, on Twitter. They were feeling a love. Um Am I right in saying just finish off? And I'm frequently wrong on this stuff, so... One Love, uh, that's an old Wheeler song, isn't it, from mid-60s, is that right? That's on their uh, first album, I think. I think they re-recorded wow. it
1: for this album. Yeah,
2: because there's a bit of people get ready, cut Mayfield yeah, again, it, isn't
1: it? Which is yeah. t- twice it's appeared on, right, on this Today. Day. Today,
0: yeah. It's about yeah. a song, isn't it, <laughs> to be yeah. fair?
1: But I'm pretty sure that it was, I can't remember
0: what the, the original band was called, but... um mid-60s record, and I'm sure this is on it, and then obviously somewhere down the line they, they re-recorded it for The um, for It's so.
1: not originally The Wailing Wailers. Well, yeah,
2: that's right. It was The Wailers from the debut studio album called The Wailing Wailers in 1965.
0: Wailers. And is it so, on there, John? Aye. Is it? Oh, there you go. Good. Well, yeah. so I just get worried there since I was on, on video for the rest of my no, life. No, so.
2: no, you're, you're good. but
0: it's an amazing song amazing record, Um, absolute tragedy obviously that he died in, was it 81 I think wasn't it?
1: 81 yeah, 36 years old.
0: Yeah and just uh, brutal, and squaring all of those things off um, the last thing I picked out was that it was Voted Album of the Century by Time Magazine and one of these, you know, the Millennium thing that they were all doing, Um, so Time Voted Excess the Album of the Century, which she can you know, you can take or leave that depending on your view on it. But um
1: Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't call it album of the century, no, but no. Uh it's definitely a reggae album of the century. Um and it's it's one of the greatest albums of the nineteen seventies, which puts it high up in the list for greatest albums of all time. So yeah. which means it shouldn't be anywhere fucking near the position it's in at the moment.
0: Yeah. Well, once we get Stephen back on side, we'll, we'll start nudging it up and we get a chance to re-vote down the line. I also, i mean talking, th- there's so many things that I don't know about life. I also thought that the, is it right, get this right you now, Junior Marvin and Junior Marvin, with Junior the same person, people. right? Oh, well, I, I know that now, right, because I'm a yeah. bit of a dickhead, right? But I just thought, because they were all in that same genre, I think I'm right he's was from Jamaica as well, Police and Thieves, you know, I, I just thought it was one big... Legendary song. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not, um, guy. That wasn't. I, I'm, I'm learning, learning by the day on this stuff, which is fantastic. And uh, number two and three, just for you, John. Number two on the time in this time album, the century was kind of blue by Miles Davis.
1: Uh, that's a great album. Which
0: we're coming to. Yeah. It. And then, I can't uh, we wait. In, you can't wait. Don't John, make sure you're on that me. one, John.
1: Right, John. Trust me, it's so. Not like bitches, brew. it's nothing like bitches, brew.
0: and number three was uh, Are You Experienced by Jimi Hendrix, which I think we're coming to as well.
1: So, um, those were the three time albums of the century, correct? Really. Yeah, okay. So, okay, that's, that's, do you know it was number four,
2: George? <laughs> Loveless love, love by My Bloody Valentine.
0: Twenty One Twelve was number five, mate. Right. Uh, so let's see. So I, I'm a, I'm an absolute I'm a slam dunk for that. I think it's a great record. So I'm I on that one, um, George.
1: Absolute thumbs up for me. John, hundred percent.
0: And Stephen, right back at you, mate. What, what you want to be politicians?
3: Seriously? Are you still <laughs> um, out? It was when one of the guys uh, detailed the B-side, if that's still a thing, the track list, I started thinking, oh, wait, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd forgotten. I haven't heard it in so long. Um, I, I, I'm not a reggae fan. However, I would I would suggest that it is probably one of
0: the top 100 albums of all time. I'd, I'd put it in Cool, there you are. I feel better now, mate. I've been talking yeah. around, I've been coerced. Go and buy a bargain <laughs> bin somewhere. Make you feel better. Okay, so this is, um, we've done five tonight, so I'm just double-checking. So we've got Aretha in, we've got Kanye out, we've got My Buddy Valentine out, we've got New Young in, and then we've got Bob Barley in. I think so. what I've made that three at of five. Which will make it 17 out of 30, in my little bookmaker maths. Okay, that we've voted in so far. So we're, we're kinda of, we're getting there. So we've got, only got another eighty three to fill to make it hundred. So take us a bit of time. Um Has anybody had any thoughts on
3: albums that should be in that aren't there? Yes.
2: Um, yes. I've tried not to look too far through the top one hundred because yeah. um, I, I like getting three surprises as to what's coming next. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Hold that thought, Stephen. The answer's yes, of course, and I know the guys have as well. Certainly, know Lisa has. So um, I think we'll maybe start to nudge into that the more we get further down the list because we we will have to start taking some sort of submissions to have a, another review of a bunch of songs, so a bunch of records. That'll be good fun. Um, and on that point, John, for the next uh, the next episode, our next five are NWA straight out of Compton. One for you, George. Crazy mother called Ice Cube. Absolutely. Um, Alanis Morissette, get Little Pill. John, you mm-hmm. make a little guest mm-hmm. on for this one,
2: maybe. I'll, I'll try and get Mrs. Welsh to cover off my 10 minutes on that one.
0: That would be fantastic. Uh, Kate Bush, Hounds of Love. Oh, why? Oh, oh. Why indeed. Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. Or Jay-Z, <laughs> if he's
1: known in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> And... Ja, ja, is
3: it not
0: Jai Zed Jai Zed hey you yeah. ah brilliant Jai <laughs> Zed and, um, and last but by no means least uh, John Coltrane I love Supreme okay so uh, that's going to uh, twist our melons as they say so uh, so that's the next five for our next episode um, but yeah really good fun another three in there and uh, and some good, um, good chat along the way so right. And thank you enough. Um really good fun. Have we missed anything? We all good? Uh get well soon, Lisa. Get well soon, Lisa. Absolutely. And, well. um, yeah. yeah, it's not the same without her. And uh no. hopefully Marion might might stick her head on the next one as well and mm-hmm. put them in the in place a little bit. Yeah, it's just what we need. Did,
2: did you see the soup dragons of reform? Yes. I did see
0: that. Take us out on Wednesday. Fantastic. Happy days. Good
2: day.
0: Yeah, can't wait, mate. It's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> Going to be great. I'll on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> You've been told not to do that. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Guys, please, listen, please. thank you very much for your time. And um, enjoy the rest of your night. And we'll all catch up again soon. All right? Uh, cheers. Yeah. Take care now. See you Thanks. Later. Bye now.